Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome in. It's a Tuesday on Fantasy Sports Today. Some big news around the NFL. It looks like we're going to have a couple of quarterbacks taken in the first handful of picks in the NFL draft. Will the Dallas Cowboys change what they do with a new head coach? We'll dive into that and a lot more as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch along with Joe Pizapia with you here on the show. It's the 7th of January, 2020. Thanks for listening live on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, of course, on the Fantasy Sports Radio app. And also, thanks to Sean Guastamacchia for producing the show. I am Craig Mish at Craig Mish on Twitter. He is Joe Pizapia at Joe Pizapia 17 We'll cover a lot of football in this hour. We'll move to baseball in the second hour of the show. But we start off where we kind of left off yesterday which is all the speculation now, which is interesting that becomes of where Tua Tagalova ends up going in the NFL draft because he did, in fact, declare uh, that he is going to the draft. A very thoughtful press conference, I thought, especially from him. Nick Saban was there as well. But, of course, from Tua who and his family, very smart, intelligent people who definitely, Joe, took the, uh, the right route, I think, in this process. It does seem to be a little bit murky what his future may hold initially. I will say that from hearing him talk. I I would not be completely convinced that, honestly, that he would play a down in the NFL in 2020. I think he could. I don't know that he will. But at least it gives us some more interesting fodder to discuss because about 10 teams need new quarterbacks next year, and Tua could certainly fit into a bunch of them. He can. And there's also a lot of free agents like we talked about yesterday. But you're absolutely right. Tua made the right decision. We've talked about this quite a bit. It was a clear decision in my mind. You have to put yourself in that position as well. If you're the family and that's your kid and if you're, you know, the parent of Tua and he said, I I understand you respect Nick Saban and Alabama and every opportunity they gave you and all the winning and all the commitment. And I think that's everything you want in a leader, everything you want in a quarterback, the desire to want to go back and finish what you started because you had unfinished business there. And I know the season didn't end the way he wanted it to or Alabama fans wanted it to for that matter. But this is absolutely 100% the right call. You go and you get paid. And guess what? The more time that gets separated between you and that injury and the closer you are to the draft and the further away you are from that injury, all of a sudden now you're getting to a point where Tua's stock is going to continue to rise. I do not think he falls in the draft. I would be very surprised if he was not taken in the top five picks. And I would not be surprised either if a team moved up with draft capital, if they had it, to move up to take Tua or had to. Because we all know absence is one of these funny things. When there's a void of a guy, all of a sudden the legend starts to grow and grow and grow. You start to look at the Tua tape and you start to see the Tua tape and you start to see all these things and remember how good he was and all those great moments he was having and how him and Burrow were one and number one and back and forth and who's going to be the guy. I'll tell you what, somebody's going to get Tua and somebody's going to be happy they have him 
let's hope that the health issues all kind of work themselves out. And if he has to sit out a whole season, who cares? That's what used to happen. Look how many years Aaron Rodgers had to sit behind Brett Favre before he got an opportunity, and that worked out fine too. So it's not a big deal if he has to even sit out a year or half a season or whatever it ends up being. Going into the draft, getting your money, getting paid is all going to work out. Did he miss out on a few million dollars because of the injury? Probably. But at the end of the day, what's a few million dollars amongst friends? Am I right, Craig Mish? Or am I yeah, right? I, I think that this is going to play out fine for him. Um, I, I At least according to what it seems is that there's no uh, work for him from now in January, February, and March. There is a chance that he, before the draft, maybe a week before, could hold an individual workout which seems to be the most likely choice of where he wouldn't run, but he still would be able to throw. Um, the Dolphins are obviously in the right spot, I think, for him. What I believe will probably happen is, is the Dolphins will block any other teams from moving up to take him by trading uh, maybe a second-round pick or a third-round pick to move up to the third pick, and that would pretty much end it because I believe we know who's going to be number one, and I believe we know who's going to be number two. Now, three is questionable, and Detroit sits there, and I don't believe that they would take him, but I think that that would be Miami's move is let's just make sure that we don't get uh, you know jumped and, and do that. And it, that's, that's fine if the Dolphins do that. They have all these draft picks. They, they certainly could. And then what Miami could do is obviously re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. They could be a 500 team, which is what I would guess they would be around that for the first half of the season. Put mm-hmm. Tua on the uh, physically unable to perform list. And then, uh, Joe, week 10 comes around, and you see where you're at. Maybe you play him. Maybe you don't. It's a great strategy. It's a great strategy. They just got to make sure that the Lions are sitting in a unique spot here. If you're the Lions, do you start entertaining offers for people to leapfrog the Dolphins? Or do you have interest in Tua? Or or do you have interest in Tua? No, Stafford's still a young enough guy that, you know, I mean, he's not. uh, Backs are weird things. They've ruined many, many careers, and that was a bad injury there for Stafford. I'm just saying, you know, that's another scenario where you don't have to play Tua right away. You could go another year of Stafford and kind of do that same thing. I I know, like, the Dolphins have this plan you just laid out, but why couldn't the Lions do that exact same plan? I'll tell you exactly why. I'll tell you exactly why. And it's it's an easy answer. Because Matt Patricia and the general manager and the people who are in charge of the Lions have to win this year, Joe. They cannot afford to take a guy that's going to sit out for the year. They can't do that. They have to win. The Lions have to win eight or nine games next year. Everyone's getting fired there. You know that. So, I I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate in a way because I feel like you know, there, there. You, I don't think Pat Patricia's earned enough of a leash where he could have an, another regime at quarterback potentially. But as an organization, it doesn't come around every day where you could take a young franchise quarterback and you're in that position. I, I know, so but I don't the know people what the who are in charge. Them, the people so what's the who piece are in, that makes them viable in 2020? That will maybe a tackle, three. Maybe, maybe Andrews. Listen, this is it's an when you're in a position like the Lions are, it's a very similar position to where Cleveland was, as an example, and Dorsey got fired. Everyone will be fired from the Lions if they win five games next year. And so it doesn't matter what the owner thinks. It's gonna the the general manager and the head coach are gonna convince the owner, hey, we need to win right now. The owner's gonna say, Yeah, of course we need to win right now. And I just don't think deal. that that Andrews pick makes that big of a difference that of them being an eight win team instead of a five win team, as good of a player as he is. They may need to sign some free agents, Joe, too. It's not the, the Lions have to win this year. The, the Lions cannot go five and I agree, 11 but I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I think you can go out in free agency and do the things you want to do and draft other guys, but when that asset's sitting there and you've got that pick and you've got that opportunity to pass on it for an offensive lineman, I think is foolish. It but may not be I him. I don't, right. know, I don't know who the draft person's going to be. I mean, they may take DeAndre Swift and he could run for 1,500 yards next year. I, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't I don't live mm-hmm. in Detroit and I don't have a clue. But I would tell you, you that, in a, Cleveland? that a guy that is going to sit out the year is not going to be an option for the Lions. It's not an option. It is win time now for them. 
and they're built to win now, and it has nothing to do with the future. It's unfortunately, this is the way it is. The Dolphins went through this last year, Joe. The, the Dolphins mm-hmm. passed on Lamar Jackson like everybody else. They passed on other quarterbacks like Mahomes, like everybody else, because their general manager, Mike Tannenbaum, and their head coach, Adam Gase, wanted to win last year. Dude, they signed Jay Cutler, and, and, and they have an owner of a team that agreed to all of these things. And the same thing is going to go down in Detroit. Now, Detroit may be successful. They lost a lot of very close games last year. I think they're going to be better just by default. You don't lose seven games by seven points or less, and that happens again next year. You get better. So I think they'll be better. But I don't think they're in a position to just sit and just say, oh, let's hope for for two years from now because that's going to get everybody fired. Um, It also got Jason Garrett fired finally. Mike McCarthy is on board with the Cowboys. Joe, real quick on him. Uh, Makes the team better, clearly. I would guess, uh, you know, their, their Vegas total will be nine and a half, ten wins like it was last year. But this time they'll probably achieve that because whether or not he can get them over the top is, is questionable. But close to it, I don't think is. I think they'll be better with him. Yeah, we kind of touched on this yesterday before it became official during the show. But I, I would say that McCarthy is the, the exact opposite in times of personality, in terms of personality. And I think that's exactly what you want to bring in. You need to get somebody who's going to put some discipline on this team, somebody who's not a player's guy who's just going to roll over every time a player wants something. And I think the lack of discipline and lack of game planning is what killed the Cowboys, not their talent. So I think it's a good wake-up call for everybody. And I do think the Cowboys now are the favorite to win that division because I do think they got the right guy. Yeah, and, and I think so. I think this definitely, without a doubt, makes them a better team. Uh, they still got a lot of work to do as far as I'm concerned to get them into the position where they need to be. But a lot of it is coaching for sure. By the way, a lot of people have... Um, uh, Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State, being taken by the Lions too. Just another name to throw out there. Um, as far as I can see, well, they all definitely of these, need some corner play. That's for sure. Yeah, all of these mocks do not have uh, the, uh, the the tackle from Georgia being taken there. Every single one that I've seen, maybe I was looking at an old mock or I haven't updated my own. Uh, but there's a possibility for any of those guys. Okay, uh, we got the opening drive coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today and news and notes on everything happening in the world of reality and the world of fantasy. And Joe and I, of course, here Monday through Friday talking fantasy football, talking fantasy baseball. And as the month of January rolls on, we'll continue to dive more into baseball. We'll have nudes and notes on that coming up as well. FST here on the Fantasy Sports Network on FNTSY continues in just two and a half minutes. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage The Opening Drive. The first play of the game. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. This is the opening drive for January 7th, 2020. Joe and I here with you every day, noon to 2 Eastern, right here. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, at JoePizzaPia17. Appreciate all your messages, notes, any questions, comments that you have, things that you guys would like to hear on the show. 
definitely let us know. Let's start off on the opening drive on first down here. Coordinator news around the NFL. We mentioned Mike McCarthy. It has not been made official yet, but it appears Mike Nolan, former coach for the 49ers, who I think most people thought did a pretty good job there and didn't last very long, but uh, Mike Nolan uh, going to be the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. So you got basically two head coaches on staff at the very least there. And then some unfortunate news because we're all big fans of Wade Phillips. He's coached for a billion years with a billion teams. And I thought the Rams defense was pretty good last year. But unfortunately, it ended up costing him his gig as the Rams defaded on that fateful, what was it, third down in 18. I, I just, I mean, that really cost them the entire season on that one play. If that play is stopped, the Rams may make the playoffs. And unfortunately, Joe, I think it cost Wade Phillips his job. No, you're probably right. We'll take the Wade Phillips here thing first because... Uh, I think that's certainly part of it. I also think it's a bit of a power struggle because when McVay was brought in as head coach, it was very, very methodical that they brought in Wade Phillips along with him to say, okay, look, look, boy, wonder you handle the offense. Let's let this guy handle the defense. And you don't know what kind of inner workings or inner struggle goes on there in a locker room where there's different voices saying different things. And I think everybody can agree on the Ram side, this season did not go the way they wanted it to. And I think McVay needs to, for better or worse, kind of take the reins and be responsible now and be that guy. And unfortunately, I think that meant that Wade Phillips had to be pushed aside. And Wade Phillips has been a a great defensive mind. He's been a better coordinator than a head coach. I think we can all agree on that. But as a coordinator, he's had some great teams and some great defenses. But I think I understand, you know, sometimes you know better than anybody, sports has a lot of politics in it. And I think this was a bit of a politic move here where the young coach had to kind of step up and say, all right, now, enough is enough here. If I'm going to be the coach, if I'm going to be the voice, it has to be my voice. It can't be the voice of the offense, the voice of the defense. And he might be right. And the GM might be right at this point to make this kind of a move. Mike Nolan, on the other hand, is, an, is another interesting hire because 21 years as a head coach or defensive coordinator in the NFL, his teams have finished in the top 10 in takeaways 10 times. So that's something to keep in mind. The last stint he had with Atlanta is D.C. from 2012 to 2014. The Falcons had 46 interceptions over those three years. That's that's pretty incredible right there. So um, just saying all of a sudden, I don't know if it makes them a viable fantasy all offense, right. but from a takeaway perspective, it's something to pay attention to because Mike Nolan defenses historically are very aggressive after the football. Yeah, I think he's done a good job, but I'll go back to what I said before, which is, uh, you know, Rams make the playoffs. If was it San Francisco that had third and 18 that completed that play or was it yep. Seattle? Yeah, it was San Francisco. No, San Francisco. Yeah, it, it was, was that one. It was like the game was over. Like all they had yeah. to do was well, but stop. If you go back and look at a couple of those Rams games, too. Well, first of all, I mean. I don't know if you want to hang this on him too, but that embarrassment of Lamar Jackson on on Monday Night Football. Remember yeah, that? A lot of, that, a lot of people that was an embarrassment. With it. I know, I know he's embarrassed a lot of teams, but that was a huge embarrassment. So that's another one. You don't well, like those, those we, teams. Don't you, like those. When you combine them, yeah. When you combine everything to it, yeah, probably. Uh, Wade Phillips has been like I don't even need to Google this. He's been where Buffalo, Denver, Dallas, yeah, Dallas. Denver, um, the Rams. I mean, that's four. Yeah, I mean, he coached. Didn't he coach with his dad too? In the Oiler days, he maybe I don't know. He's been in so many places I can't even keep up. All right, uh, second down here. Good news for college football. Sam Erlinger is going to be back at Texas as their quarterback. Erlinger is a pretty good quarterback, Joe, who I think that in the 2021 draft now will be considered. I, I don't see him as a first or maybe even a first day pick, but he kind of falls into that category. I think of a Will Greer, who in uh, two years is going to end up in the third round. But anytime we get more quarterbacks going back to school, Joe, at this stage, my guess is. Erlinger uh, probably got advice. I mean, I don't think you go back to school without getting it. And my guess is, is that if he was going to come out in this draft, which is a very heavy quarterback draft, he wouldn't have had the same success had he had a really good year going back and coming out again. Again, uh, Herbert, Love, Tua, Burrow, those are the first round picks uh, as far as quarterbacks are concerned. Right. And, and I think he's smart. And who knows? Maybe he goes back and maybe he has a, 
even better season. And uh, we all know Lawrence is going to be the class there at quarterback most likely next year. So nobody's going to go ahead of him anyway. So they're going to be looking at who the number two is. And sometimes if it's just such a top heavy class, all of a sudden your stock goes up. So it's probably the right move there for him. I would agree. By the way, Phillips, it was more teams than we thought. Houston Oilers was right about that with his dad, 76 okay. to 80. New Orleans uh, is D.C. That. Philadelphia Eagles is DC, DC, and then wow. head coach of the Broncos from 89 yep. to 92, then 93, 94 coach bills, mm-hmm. coordinator, bills, coach mm-hmm. Falcons, defensive coordinator, then interim head coach. Uh, this one, I totally forgot the chargers. He was there 2004, wow. to 2006 Cowboys, seven to 10 yep. Texans, 11 to 13. Texans, that in- yes. That's right. And then interim coach in 13 defensive coordinator, 15 to 60 for the Broncos and then the Rams last three years. So look at him. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. All right, let's go to third down here. Um, we've <laughs> Is got this a sarcastic one. I don't know. I don't know how to take this next one. <laughs> the uh, the third down here, Elias Diaz signs with the Colorado Rockies. You know why I put this in there, Joe? No, just for <laughs> just for you. Why? <laughs> because you love two catcher leagues, and he's only five in <laughs> two catcher leagues. Oh, and you know what's funny? Every year, everybody wants to chase those Rockies catchers too, right? Like Tony Walters. Or, you know, Chris Iannetta. I mean, the, the, the pantheon of Rockies catchers in fantasy, like, oh, I want the Rockies catcher because Colorado is such a great place and all these. Th- oh, God. I just, here's the thing. I don't get two tight end leagues. I don't get two catcher leagues. The argument everybody makes for them is always the, well, I'm making them more valuable. To which I say, no, no, you're not. You're not making them more valuable. You're doing the opposite. By adding more of them, you are marginalizing all of the good talent at the top that is still even there by bringing all the median production down. It's simple math, folks. You're not making leagues better. You're making leagues worse. And you're not making the position a premium. You're doing the opposite to it. You're making it more marginalized. So leave it a single catcher league. Leave it a single tight end league. Stop trying to reinvent the wheel. But I, I get back in the day, Craig, the whole two catcher thing. But this, I, I'm, I, I love the fact that you're an old school fantasy baseball guy, and you are against two catcher leagues because usually that is not the case. Yeah, I am not. I'm not a huge fan of it, and um, I would say that I hope it goes away forever. Uh, last down here, fourth down, Joe. Save by Save by the Bell is having uh, a new show, a new reunion. Now, it's making headlines because the star of it, a uh, girl in it, is a transgender actor, which is great and fine. And I think that that's cool. But, I, I mean, for me, the story of Saved by the Bell is coming back. Like, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, that, that is amazing. Uh, AC Slater is back on the show. Uh, looks like Jesse is so back on the show. it's a reboot. It's a reboot with a couple of the stars, yes. So how do you feel about this? Thanks about this. I was the big Saved by the Bell fan as a kid. Not going to lie. Definitely liked it. Definitely had a huge crush on Kelly Kapowski, no matter what. I mean, that that's definitely my girl right there. Um, so I, I always thought it was I, I hated. I don't know how much of a fan you are of the show. I don't know if this, you know, we're a little different in age. Not much, but it might be enough where Saved by the Bell was your way past that. <laughs> but for me, the early that first season where it was Miss Bliss was stupid and terrible and it was awful. Then you hit the Saved by the Bell thing and it's great. It's awesome. And then you, you lost Kelly Kapowski and you lose Jesse. And then all of a sudden you get that girl with the leather jacket, and I don't understand what the hell's going on with her. It, the whole thing's just weird. I, I don't know. It's it's such a strange show because it changed and evolved. And then they do the stupid college years, which was also kind of wacky. I I like when people have original ideas. I hate that everyone's just regurgitating old stuff and repackaging it, like the memberberry stuff. So it pisses me off. I would rather them just do a new class at, at the high school. That would be more fun. Did you watch Safe by the Bell, or were you a little too old for that at the time? 
Yeah, I watched it. Uh, very big on it. And used to watch it, I guess it was Saturday mornings. Um, you know, I, I think that's when I used to watch it. But it yeah, was. It was I, sad, I, Saturday morning. I really was. I was a big fan of it. Um, they, I think if I'm not mistaken, they had a reunion on Jimmy Fallon, I want to say, recently, like within the yes. last year, oh, where yeah, they, they all, did, when they they all like came back. Yeah, where they all came back except Screech, who has had legal troubles. And um, Well, nobody likes him, apparently. Nobody liked him while they were filming it. I think he was in adult, I think he was in adult so films or something. And uh, Lisa Turtle, who yeah, well, you know. did not make it back. I don't know, for whatever reason. But yeah, I, well, she's I like be... a crazy Christian religious person now. Oh, is and she? apparently oh, her okay. and uh, Zach dated for a long time during the show in real life. Apparently, I, I saw that the other day. So lots of, lots of rumors going around Bayside. Well, listen, uh, this, is, uh, this is certainly the way that it works here, but a new day for sure. And uh, we'll be watching Saved by the Bell. I can only pray it's better than 90210's reunion show, which was absolutely the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Oh, Nothing worse than that. It was the it. worst show I've ever watched on television. Really? Yes. Wow. Coming up next, yes. That's saying something. Yes, please. I, I dare you. It was so bad. So bad. <laughs> and my wife watched it. It got canceled. And she's like, oh, I really like that show. I'm like, really? She's like, ah, no, you're right. Not really. I didn't watch it. It was, it was so, I, she made me watch the first show. It was so bad. It was incredibly bad. Uh, definitely the worst thing I've ever I saw in 2019. Right at the top. All right, coming up next, uh, an interesting story that has taken the fantasy community by storm. A probe into the winner of a DraftKings tournament. We're going to need to lean on Joe here a little bit for this one to get the full explanation. But we thought we would be talking about it on this show. We're going to do that next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to be the next daily fantasy legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season. For a limited time, get free access to DailyRoto's PGA DFS product, including fantasy projections powered by DataGolf, PGA betting tools, and of course, the DailyRoto.com fantasy golf optimizer. Don't lay up. Go for the green with Daily Roto. Head to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code GREEN to access your free seven-day golf membership. That is DailyRoto.com, promo code GREEN for your free trial. DailyRoto.com, you know what? That's where millionaires are made. And that is a good segue into this next segment, Joe. And, you know, certainly I would love to get your opinion on this because of a couple of reasons. First of all, um, you know, I don't play. I've been very uh, adamant about this. Uh, I don't play DFS anymore. I haven't played in a number of years. I have a lot of respect for the people who play it. I think it's still a fun game to play. But for me, it just was not something that I was very good at and don't think I could ever be very good at because of the time commitment that's involved. Sometimes in life, you have to you know, cut some things out. And I've mentioned that before. I try to focus on what I'm good at and what I can get better at. Not making excuses, just the reality of life. So that being said, I am um, not completely understanding as to what is going on here. But I'll try to give my best summary, Joe, and then you tell me exactly 
uh, my my per- what what perception is and what reality is. Sure, my, sounds my per- good. Okay, okay. My perception is is that uh, two people entered into contests and they entered a hundred and fifty times each, and basically because their lineups were so similar outside of the quarterbacks, they're being accused of collusion in the millionaire maker tournament. And one of them being the bachelor or bachelorette, uh, is this is the is the bachelor bachelorette relevant even to this conversation? Well, it's relevant in the sense because that's kind of why they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar because the person won and somebody recognized who that person was and said, "Oh, look, it's that girl from the from Bachelor in Paradise or whatever the hell she was on." And um, she was married to another guy who was on the Bachelorette or Bachelor. I don't know. I don't watch any of that stuff, but. That's part of the reason. So then DraftKings picked it up and said, oh, would you accept this rose? Ha, ha, ha. And then all of a sudden people started peeling into it. It's like, how did this girl who's never played DFS before all of a sudden win a million dollars? And when they started peeling into it and they realized her husband had 150 entries and she had 150 entries. And they basically were, you take these two quarterbacks, I take these two quarterbacks, and we run every single possible combination of players in our lineups around those quarterbacks. So basically they've covered all their bases. And the reason they were able to do this successfully was because it was a short slate because it was a a four game slate this weekend. There's far fewer combinations than if you were trying to say run a, you know, 15 game Sunday slate, you know what I mean? When you're doing the full slate on a Sunday, like this last Sunday, week 17, even if you had 150 entries, you can't cover every base, but you practically can when you have just four games going. So what's the end result here of this? Um, (laughs) I I just, you know, for me, this is why I don't play in any of these millionaire tournaments. I just think that they are impossible to win. I I, I think cash games and playing against your buddies and playing. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't think that the average person can win these anymore. Here's the ironic part. And this is something I started doing last summer. And I had and Chris Meany and I doing the the DFS show together we were, we were going and I said, Chris, you know, just for S's and G's, I started throwing in lineups to, you know, the biggest tournament on FanDuel and the biggest tournament on DraftKings. And I started cashing a lot in them. Not, not always like, you know, making huge amounts of money, but cashing almost every time. And part of the reason sometimes it's easier to cash, which with almost a cash game style lineup in one of those mega tournaments is because there's so many people doing this, which is these millions of, of different combinations and trying to cover all the bases mathematically Instead of just putting out a good lineup and letting the good lineup take care of itself, there's there's a whole group of people doing this sort of thing in the mega entries. And that's why I was always against mega entries in the past when I worked for FanDuel directly. I, I never thought mega entries, but that's how you make money. People want to like the lottery. You're going to continue to pay for all of your chances to win. And the more chances you have, the better your odds are. It's, it's a poker play in that sense. The reason they were able to be successful is because it was a short slate. And the reason they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar is because people like this can't stand to not be, you know, in the public eye. And if anybody thinks that this stuff doesn't happen all the time, they're absolutely wrong. There is a rule on DraftKings that you cannot collude with somebody else in order to do this. We will not pay you out. It's going to be very difficult for them to pull that off Mm. because I don't know how, I mean, I mean, I don't know how one proves collusion. It's clearly collusion, but at the same time, they've basically made themselves open to this loophole. And the way you close that loophole is very simple. When you have a shorter slate like this, you do not allow 150 entries. Yeah, and mathematically. Right. Go, why, well, exactly. Like, it was lazy, it was lazy programming. Well, okay. this was the yeah. thing. This was the regular programming, and they just carried it over. But the computer programming needs to be adjusted when you have fewer combinations that can win. That's where they've gone wrong, and they kind of got caught being a little lazy here on that end. But isn't it, isn't it caught well, – I apologize. Isn't it, no, caught, no. isn't it caught being greedy and not lazy? Well, yeah, both. 
but the, but, but here's what, the thing. what is more than the other? What's which which is more than which is the it's copy and greedy. Okay. It's 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 copy and greedy, and it's also lazy greed. But in the end, it could end up costing them money because of the negative exposure, where people go, "Oh, you can't win that." And now they're not going to go play. So it's it's kind of short sighted greed, like most greed is. You know, and and look, it, it's a business model, and it's a good one. And and this is why contest selection is so important. In the black book, uh, Chris Meany does the DFS chapter, and we always talk at length on our shows, especially early in the season when we do our previews about contest selection and how important it is. And that if you're playing double ups, if you're playing in a league, which you could do with your buddies every week, which is super fun to do, and I highly recommend it. And it's great because everyone just puts the money in. You don't have to collect money from people. You play back and forth. You start fresh lineups. There's a lot of great stuff in DFS that you can get in and play. And look, you can make money and be successful with good cash game lineups and playing single entry tournaments. We always talk about certain players, too, as single entry plays or as multi entry plays because they have a little bit more variability. This is a scenario of a, of something that goes on a lot in the industry that people don't really talk about because they're not necessarily married or that's everything, but they they there's definitely collusion in the industry of people grouping together, going in, pushing the contest, and you'll see it because you'll see a contest that's not very filled, and all of a sudden, boom, snap your fingers, it fills like that. Why did that happen in the last 30 seconds? It's because a lot of people push those monies in, push those entries in at one time, times 150 or whatever the max is, and then they're able to you know, basically cover themselves on all these different possibilities. It works to a certain degree, yes, because okay. if it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. Does it work all the time? Of course not, because that's the variability of sports. That's the beauty of it. But in a situation like this, on a four-game short slate, it was very clever of them to go in and do this and, and do it the way they did, because they basically took advantage of a lot of new people playing DFS. Who right. Football season's over, and they go, oh, you know, they had no idea what they were doing. I think they that's able, it. Yeah. yeah, and they were able to max into this tournament that a lot of people don't have a lot of heat on and a lot of people aren't as interested in because it's either after the season or there's a bunch of dead new money and they were able to go in there and make money. Now, had they just had she not been a bachelor in paradise and he not been a bachelor and then not been social media whores and retweeting it and all these things or putting their picture in their little profile, right. and just flying under the radar and like she put her picture in her profile on DraftKings. How dumb is that? Like that, that's, that's the thing. Like some of these folks, they just, well, I mean, to right. Not I, I, under, on, I understand that. I understand. I'm not, I'm not, but here, here's the other, point. they would have gotten away with it. It's my point. Right. But here's a couple of other questions that I would have for you. In your opinion, do you think that they, and we'll never know because whatever, they'll just take their money away and it'll, it'll be the end of the story. If they choose to do that, will we ever know if they acted independently or somebody in the industry told them, Hey, here's what you do. Will we ever know that or no? I don't, I don't, I think this is one of the worst kept secrets in the industry. I think it's one of the things that have turned off people when they say, oh, you can't win in DFS. And you're right. You can't win in DFS in those mega tournaments. You're not going to be one of these people. And I've seen people get lucky. I used to interview them with uh, on the FanDuel uh, drive time show, the winner of the million dollar contest. And sometimes it was a guy who played one lineup and it was some guy who was a truck driver for Mississippi or whatever. <laughs> and some great stories like I just played this guy and I'm a big fan of AJ Green. And, right. you know, I have my yeah. jersey on and, and it's some great stories. But for every one of those. There's a lot of other ones on the on the daily grind of these things where if you think this is, hasn't been going on, you're nuts. It's just it doesn't get brought to attention because because part of the reason is it's because it's kind of the best kept secret in the community. And yeah. now that it's out, this is a very intriguing thing because I think the DFS companies from a PR standpoint probably have to react to this and maybe scale these entries down, which might hurt them on the short end. But on the long term end, it might help out more people feeling comfortable in that world maybe and and part of and you know what's going to even more ironic craig you get these people who have been doing this who called this out because they recognized it right away and at the same time now they're they might have shot themselves in the foot because if they make more adjustments where you can't do this stuff in, anymore so basically their sour grapes might turn into no grapes at all 
Yeah, no, that's a good point, too. I'm glad I have a better understanding of it. I'll tell you what I'm a little disappointed in, and maybe it's just me being oblivious to it. I, I'm mm-hmm. on social media a lot, and I'm on Twitter, uh, but I don't tweet a lot, even though it, uh, you know, I, I am very active, and I check a lot throughout the day. But I'm mm-hmm. not just somebody who puts every thought out there like a, a lot of others oh, do. God, no, me neither. Me neither. But, but I'll tell you the one thing that, is that I didn't notice that I, I wish I would have. Um, I had to go to like websites to read about the story. That's what I because I because it wasn't readily available for me. I didn't think on Twitter. Maybe it, it, that's what happened. Is it required this sort of explanation that you're giving to me? But well, I, was I, dis- I was disappointed. Yesterday? Right, but I was right. Google right. But here's my point. Maybe I, in a way, I'm kind of calling out our our brethren who are in this industry. But I didn't see a lot of commenting from all of my fantasy followers. Why do you think uh, that is? I know, but that's disappointing, man. Like, well, here's I, the thing: some of your fantasy followers don't play DFS. Here's that's true too. That's true here's too. The but, thing. The, but people in the Especially industry, the I felt like people. they should have the main people who have been involved in DFS that I know. I did not see commenting about like well, be, now. If you because, work for DraftKings or whatever, I get it. Like, well, I would because be, you're in a very precarious situation, doesn't it? If you're someone who's selling a premium DFS product to optimize your lineups and get better and play and do all these things right and you're you're making money off of these people doing this and all of a sudden the general public who is doing that or people who are fancy enthusiasts who are doing that see this happen and go well what the hell is that going on and are you doing that too so i think that's why you saw a lot of the major sites kind of clam up a little bit over the last 24 hours this. yeah i now look well, on, on, on espn.com and all of like because if you think this isn't going like on that. in clusters you're just naive out there like of course it does which I is just, why i'm disappointed i didn't see right. um you know I, i'm disappointed that i had to see a website writers of the well, usa writers. today had the best story about it i thought I right thought and, but that's story. disappointing because all of the people like i follow all the dfs well guys but too. here's the other thing you got to be careful because some of these companies also have partnership deals that i get if, if you're so on the you payroll of could not talk if about you, I, if you're on the payroll of DraftKings and something happens to DraftKings I'd be right there with you I wouldn't be saying a word either but I if think you're that's not a big part of it there's sponsorship money flowing through yeah, all of them I probably guess so. so you have to be very careful of what yeah. you say and I think that's also probably a reason why you didn't see it and listen that's perfectly fine I appreciate the hustle totally get it all right we'll take a quick time out here on fantasy sports today we'll be back with our Florida man segment don't go away dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And now it's time on Fantasy Sports Today to see what's going on in the Sunshine State with Florida Man. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is time. It is Tuesday. It is time to fire up our Florida Man segment. And you know what's interesting always about this segment is that uh, each week, what I try to do is go back and find the best Florida man stories to bring to you and to bring to you on this show and to throw Joe's way to make him mortified for the rest of the day. 
that's what I try to do. And it's very easy. That's what's shocking. It is very easy to do. <laughs> there, there is not a week where I go, oh, gosh, Joe, I'm sorry. Welcome back to the show. We only have two stories on Florida Man. It's always like a bunch. It, and, and we do these every week. The Florida men and women only have six days to give me content, and they always come through. <laughs> They're great. It's, it's staggering. It's disturbing. It's shocking. It's all of those things. But yeah, you know what? That is something I, I, I actually thought about that before the holidays. I was saying, I wonder when Craig's going to hit a wall with this. But no, I Never. guess not. I, guess I don't no think we thing. are. Did you ever see? Did you watch the Netflix, by the way, that I told you? Did you ever the watch the cat thing? No, not yet. Okay. Yeah. No, no, not that now. I, 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 I don't know, man. Like, I, here's the thing. Last night, I was, I was actually flipping around on Netflix. I ended up watching something else, but I was flipping mm-hmm. around and I saw the thing and I was waiting for the little trailer thing to pop up. And it didn't, you know, how it automatically jumps yeah, to the yeah, trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't. And that creeped me out even more. Yeah, that's I was like, why it. won't it jump to the trailer? So I ended yeah. up watching this, um, the movies that made us, which is really yes, cool. Yes, I've seen that too. Yeah. Have seen you that. seen that? I watched the one on Ghostbusters and Home Alone. Very entertaining stuff. There's yeah. one on My Die daughter Hard watched Dirty anymore. Dancing, so I was I was watching that one when it came out. Do up. the kids like it? Really? Has that made has it made it to the next generation, Dirty Dancing? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Unbelievable. I guess so, certain things are te- time was for teenage girls, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have them. You'll see. Oh, I know. All right. <laughs> So here we go, Joe, with story number one. Police in Florida are looking for a suspect accused of breaking into a home and sucking on a sleeping man's toes, deputy said last week. According to the Bradenton Herald, and Bradenton, by the way, in the middle of Tampa and Sarasota, for those of you who have your map out, the incident occurred Christmas Eve at a home in Bradenton, the Manatee County Sheriff's Office said. The resident said he awoke to find an intruder at his feet, the outlet reported. Suspect then declared he had entered the home to suck toes. The police report said they haven't found this guy, Joe. They're looking for a, the sucking toe bandit. This is a scary thought to think that somebody would break into your home and do this. No. Um. Yeah, it's disturbing. Uh, this was not the plot of any Home Alone sequel. I could tell you that where someone was breaking in around Christmas time to suck on toes. Maybe Home Alone six, maybe, maybe or maybe the adult film weird fetish version of it. But this is. This is disturbing. It's weird. I guess here's the question. He he woke up to it happening and was like, hey, get out of my house. Or he was like, like, what what happened? He went and he stole some stuff and then sucked on his toes and left. And then his toes are wet and he woke up cold. Like, what what's the scenario where he figured all this out? Uh, I think he figured it out when he uh, was ran out. And this is this is a reason why there's very few reasons, Joe, where you'd advocate somebody holding a weapon in your house. This is probably one of them. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely one of them. This, and this, of course, this, it's this Florida, is very so it's few. Yeah, right. so a, that's that's the only intrigue of Florida is to me is I can really go fight people with a sword in the street. But this is this is horrible. It's disgusting. Uh, I, I'm. Oh, God, I, I know the easy joke is where's Rex Ryan living, but I don't want to make that one, even though I just did. I don't know what to say about this except um it's terrible it's awful nobody should have this happen to them and if this guy got shot i can understand like if you're like i shot this guy why he was sucking on my toes i'd say well all right well (laughs) like i i got nothing i had how do you defend that i don't know it's and on christmas no less like what a what a strange strange thing i don't know about you craig but i i cannot sleep in socks so now now this is this is more disturbing to me because i have to sleep barefoot i can't sleep with socks on can you yeah, I uh, I'm gonna have to wear like like shoes to bed here. Are you a sock sleeper? I mean, it's Florida; it's always warm anyway for the most part, right? So yeah, you a sock no, sleeper. 
No, definitely not. Are you? No, no, I can't do it. Like, even though it gets really cold out, it's got to be like zero degrees for me to sleep with socks on. It's going to be freezing outside for me to do that. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Gross. Let's sure. move on. Yeah. All right. A man. Uh, this is in Englewood, Florida. A man also west coast of Florida is getting a lot of run today. A man was tased and erected after cursing at deputies while starting. He was tased and what? You said erected. Let me start over. A man was <laughs> a, a man was tased and arrested. Okay, all right. That's what, what did I say? Erected. You said erected. <laughs> a man was erected and tased from being. Oh, no, 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 it was no, all no, that no. toe sucking. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. A man was tased and arrested after cursing at deputies while stark naked. Okay, I got it. Charlotte County deputies received several calls and online tips on Saturday about a man screaming at the top of his lungs in his underwear and waking the neighbors. They found Carlos Suarez, 32, standing in the driveway and screaming profanities as they approached. Suarez kept darting into his home and back out to yell at the deputies. Finally, he walked outside and uh, he was exposed. Now, go ahead. Say what it says. Say it I'm not, you, you say, say it. that. You say it. Slinging his genitals, which I'm not okay. sure what that means. But I, I guess I. you're kind of like whipping it around. Is that the idea? Slinging it? Is that Deputies it? told him he was under arrest. And again, he won- he tried to run inside his house. He was tased, taken down for exposing himself, breaching the peace and resisting law enforcement officers without violence, but with, <laughs> but with slinging. It's like, so. it's like those commercials, right? You know what? This guy totally needs to get one of those endorsement deals for that sling TV. I mean, this is perfect right there. I mean, what, what could be better than that? I, this, by the way, this guy, no relation to Eugenio Suarez. just want everybody to know this is a whole different Suarez. Don't worry about it. It's not a family uh, thing here. Um, and, he, and he got tased. I hope he didn't get tased in the genitals. I imagine that must be unpleasant, right? Yeah. I, I, it sounds I, like I, the beginning of an X-Men origin it's, it's, story. It's hurting though. me talking about this. It's hurting me even. You've really, you've really found some uh, gems today. Let me tell you, Craig Mish. Uh, and I New didn't Year's search, is a I, wacky I didn't time. Search for this. It just came up. I All know, right. but how crazy are the holidays around in Florida? My God, a Florida Gentle man sling. Are you listening? Oh my gosh! In the lane, the toes are glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. It's just another Florida man. Wow! Well done. Excellent. You're welcome. There you go. I think we should save that one, Sean, for the open for the future. <laughs> I think that's our new open for Florida Man right there. Oh, you just yeah. delivered. How much extra we got to pay for that? Uh, another grand. Another? Okay. A Florida man is facing several charges after police say he assaulted an officer and bit the ear of a canine dog while naked and high on uh, meta amphetamines. Uh, Donald Watts, 38 arrested Saturday for multiple charges, including simple battery, two counts of resisting an officer arrest, and one count of aggravated battery on a service dog. Deputies with the Columbia County Sheriff's Office were called to a residence in High Springs, which is near Jacksonville, Saturday morning, barely Florida, by the way. While on the scene, dispatch received a second call from someone in the same area reporting a strange man in his yard with a flashlight. They reported strange noises they searched the yard and they found him naked, covered in dirt, lying in some shallow water. <laughs> His behavior was described as manic and he was making bird noises and laughing. <laughs> they were given the uh, 
he bit the canine. They were given a command to <clears> apprehend <throat> him, but the deranged man leaped and grabbed the, the uh, dog by the head, bit his ear, and drove the dog to the ground. Eventually, the dog broke free. They were able to detain him, and he was being held on $37,000 bond, Joe. Your thoughts. Man bites dog, right? That's that famous uh, yes. joke. <laughs> How does that not the headline here? Like that should have been just Florida man bites dog. That's that's it. Then, and I'll tell you what: <clears throat> when you get to the mugshot here, it's it's everything that you think. Whatever your vision is of this man, as you're listening to this, of what this guy who bit a dog is, that's it. It's almost he almost looks like a, a jacked up version of the singer of Maroon Five. In a weird way, he's kind of got like a weird quality. I forget that guy's name, the Adam Levine. He's got like a weird, like methamphetamine, uh, steroid version of of Adam Levine going on there. But um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, equally disturbing. Thirty eight years young, Donald Watts. By the way, um, I'm not exactly sure um, what drove him to this spot, but I guess uh, methamphetamine is a crazy drug. There, it's uh, I don't know. It's kind of disturbing. You bite the bite the ear of a dog. That's um, yeah, I'm sure all the animal activists are very upset about this one for sure. But uh, I'm, I'm upset about it. But um, it's more funny than upsetting, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, second to last story. Florida kids. Uh, here's this is a funny one. We got a Florida man. <laughs> I know. The last one is the gem. A Florida man allegedly attempted to grab and abduct a child standing near the entrance of a mall in Leesburg, Florida. Uh, the Florida man, though, evidently didn't account for the group of Florida kids to intervene. The attempting kidnapping victim's friend, a flock of 10 kids and teens, jumped the man, forcing him out into the parking lot. In the earshot of the scrum, police uh, noticed the commotion, went to investigate, and they found that the man was trying to recruit kids to sell marijuana for him. Uh, they ended up uh, jumping this guy and stopping the uh, kidnapping. Pretty cool. Good story there. Very yeah, nice. A good, a good Florida man story. Finally, finally, a good Florida man story. There we go. Some positive things. Now, I feel like, Craig, you're setting me up now, though. Like, I feel like you kind of threw that one in very I, I, strategically. I, th- no, actually, this is a decent one, too. It's not it's not okay. a disturbing so you're going to leave me with a feel good story after the it's not a genitals one. and the no, uh, this is this is like this is genitals. like for, this is if you can't win at DFS, this is what you do in Florida. all right last december i don't know if you remember this joe somebody spent one hundred and twenty thousand dollars on a banana duct taped to a wall at miami's art basil so uh, a florida woman is now trying to sell a manatee-shaped chicken tender for five thousand on facebook posted yesterday by a woman who lives in riverview florida melinda uh, under antiques and collectibles, the high-priced piece of chicken, it's called tender, is still in new condition. And, uh, quote, saying it was a hectic work day at the dental office after the holidays. I needed to fuel a little to get me through the day. And there is this Culver's across the street from our practice. I don't know what that is. We have a chicken place, I assume. I thought chicken tenders would hit the spot. I was thrilled to see my special tender as the last one remaining. And so, uh, as you can see, uh, it has not been sold. It has not been eaten. And Joe, uh, a chicken tender for five grand will hit the spot. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. I, I see like the fins and stuff or the, or the flippers, or whatever. But it's it's kind. Of, I don't mean. Yeah, I, I guess I see it. I mean, manatee. I think is a stretch. <clears throat> Maybe fifty bucks, but I don't know about five grand. I also like those people who see the shapes in the Cheetos and they put them online, and people you know 
buy them and purchase like what kind of crazy lunatic is purchasing other people's used food or almost used food items because they just happen to resemble something i don't, I don't understand the the market here i don't understand the logic here you sit back and when people come over your house and go, hey, you got to see what I just acquired. Look at this chicken tender manatee. Look at it. Isn't it glorious? Is it fantastic? Is it under a spotlight? Is it is it kept in a, like one of those shadow box things? How do you display this thing and how do you keep it from eroding? I understand the Cheeto will last forever, but the chicken tender eventually, isn't that going to have some kind of issue and smell? I would not. Uh, I would not get paid to eat this chicken tender. No, no. It might turn you into a manatee. It's possible. Yeah, this is um, yeah, yeah. You definitely set me up here because now, now I'm left. Conf- now you've you've taken me from disturbed to feel good to confused. So way to go, Craig Mish. You've succeeded. All right, we'll take a quick timeout on fantasy sports today, and we will be back with the best of the first hour, and then to some baseball talk in hour number two. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. That's 800-282-5112. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. The main people who have been involved in DFS that I know I did not see commenting about like, well, be, now if you because, work for DraftKings or whatever, I get it. Like well, I would because be, you're in a very precarious situation, doesn't it? If you're someone who's selling a premium DFS product to optimize your lineups and get better and play and do all these things. Right. And you're, you're making money off of these people doing this. And all of a sudden the general public who is doing that, or people who are fancy enthusiasts who are doing that, see this happen and go, well, what the hell is that going on? And are you doing that too? So I think that's why you saw a lot of the major sites kind of clam up a little bit over the last I didn't 24 see hours. About this. Yeah, I now look well, on, that's on, why ES, on ESPN.com and all of like because if you think this isn't going like, on in clusters, you're just naive out there. Like, of course it does, which I'm is just, why I'm disappointed. I didn't see, right. um, you know, I, I'm disappointed that I had to see the website writers. Of the well, USA writer. Today had the best story about it. I thought, I right? Thought and but that's story. disappointing because all of the people like I follow all the DFS. Well, guys but too. here's the other thing: you got to be careful because some of these companies also have partnership deals. That I get. If if you're so on the you payroll, probably of could Dra- not listen, talk if about. You, it. I, if you're on the payroll of DraftKings and something happens to DraftKings, I'd be right there with you. I wouldn't be saying a word either. But I if think you're that's not, a big part of it. There's sponsorship money flowing through yeah, all of them, probably. So. so you have to be very careful of what yeah. you say. And I think that's also probably a reason why you didn't see it. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live, 
Or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.